0: Welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us, and we hope you are encouraged by today's message.
1: Come on, give it up for all of our young people, huh, man? It's just so—we're so—and uh, give it up. I want to let you know that, that the entire uh, team, not only for Riot Camp, but this entire year uh, here at Celebration at all of our locations, uh, the team with Petey and, of course, Josh and Kalen and Kevin and Ryan and and so many more um, um, have worked so, so hard. Listen, riot is is not hype. Riot is about developing disciples and mobilizing young people uh, to make, I'm talking about not just to make a difference in this generation, but I mean take Jesus to this generation outside of the walls of the church. And uh, I just want to thank you for um, for your belief and your support, and uh, I hope you can see how God is doing amazing things. And our young people, come on, give God a hand for that. And uh, they're gonna they're gonna be mobilized this fall like never before. I really encourage you to get your young person out here on Wednesday night, uh, if at all possible. I mean, they are just having moves of God, and of course. You know, we're, um, they have their own, um, I mean, it's, it's jam-packed and we're going to build them new space, but they have their own space and they're, they're seeking God uh, and uh, just, we're seeing amazing things happen. And then, of course, we have midweek here as well, so there's something uh, for you parents as well. But we're so glad you're here. Let me tell you um, what happened. So, uh, so I had a message for this Sunday. We're in a series called We Are All Witnesses. And uh, we're talking about how we're all witnesses for Jesus and how we all have a call on our lives and how we all have the same Holy Spirit. You don't have a different Holy Spirit than I have. And that if we'll just be aware and available, God can use us to do great things wherever our assignment is. And you're assigned wherever, wherever you are right now, whatever job you have, whatever school that you're in, your, you know, your household, your community, your neighborhood, God has assigned you there to be a witness. And one of the ways that we show love as witnesses is by serving the supernatural. You know, Jesus, he was the greatest servant of all. And the way that Jesus served people was he served them the supernatural power of God. And through that, God demonstrated how he loved and cared about people. And so moving in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, it's not about a show or power or anything like that. What it's really about is you being equipped with the supernatural power of God so that God can show love to somebody in in need. Can I have a good amen to that? That's what it's about. And that's what we've made it too much about the stage. We've made it too much about the preacher. We've seen it get weird. We've seen it abused. Well, let me tell you what it's really meant for. It's really meant for you, the church, to take it where you live, into your home, into your job, into your neighborhood, and we're going to equip you and empower you to do that. Can I have a good amen to that? And so that's the series we're in. We're going to have probably one or two more kind of broad-based messages on that, and then we're going to get into specific training We're going to teach you about the specific gifts of the Holy Spirit. We're going to have a service where we lay hands on you and commission you. And there's all kinds of resources to go along with that. So we'll be talking about that next weekend. And it's going to be an exciting back to school season. And we're going to empower all of our students as well. And uh, so we just can't wait to see what God does. Remember, revival is about restoration and the way that restoration is sustained is when God's people, it's not about one person, it's not about one church. We're here for the kingdom, we're here for the region. It's not about one person, one church, or a selected few that have gifts. It's about you, the church, the body, all of us understanding that we are one, that everyone has a very important role in the kingdom. And uh, so don't be afraid, we're gonna help you. And we're going to help you and teach you how to do it and how to step out in the supernatural and it not be weird, but in a way that you show the love of Jesus. Can I have a good amen? And yes, you probably won't be able to call fire down on your boss. However, we will show you some some other ways that God can use you. But let me tell you what what happened. Hey, welcome all of our locations right now. I'm kind of... I just... I get so excited when I, when I see our youth up here. I could just go on and on and on and on. So much going through my head. But, uh, but what happened was Friday night, uh, Tim Timberlake, a good friend of mine, a good friend of our uh, church, Tim was here with us and he shared a word at riot night that kind of finished off the camp here. It was jam-packed on, uh, on Friday night. And I was just like, man, that is a word for the church. It was all about mobilization. It was all about going to the enemy's camp. It was all about, uh, you know, stepping out in faith. And I just thought, man, this, this, go, this is right in line with what God's doing. And so I asked him to pray about staying over and, and preaching and sharing the word with the entire church this Sunday. And so you guys are about to get blessed. Are y'all ready to, you ready to, to hear from God and, and, uh. We love Tim, and his wife Jennifer is here with us, and little Max is in the back raising Cain and all that good stuff, and uh, we just love him. Let me just tell you what I love about Tim and why we love him here at Celebration. Tim is one of those guys, when you ask him to come minister, you know, there's a lot of guys, and I understand it, and I've even done it before. I don't do it anymore, but I've done it before. We're like, you know, you have a good message. And you know that it's gonna get home and maybe you, you know, pray to make sure you have peace about that and, and, and you kind of bring a canned message that you know is gonna just be a really good message. Tim doesn't do that. Tim prays and gets the word of the Lord. Do you see? And he prays and he gets the word. Like So, so Tim will show up like he did Friday. He's never preached this anywhere. And that's what I love about him. God gave him this word for our church and if it's for our church, it's going to be for you. So come on, I want you to give the best welcome you can. I want you to stand to your feet right now. Let's welcome Pastor Tim Timberlake. We love him. Thank you. Thank you. Thank
0: you. Celebration, how you doing this morning? Come on, keep standing for a second. (laughs) While you're standing, can you put your hands together for your pastor, Pastor Stovall Weems? His wonderful, beautiful wife, Pastor Kerry Weems. Aren't they just the greatest? They're just the greatest, man, I'm telling you. And uh, I'm honored to have my wife with me, Jen. Hey, girl, how you doing? It's so good to see you all. One big time, let's make some noise for Jesus in this place. I'm going to tell you this right now so y'all can go ahead and get ready. If you got your uncomfortable church shoes on today, go ahead, take them off. Let them bunions out. we go have church today. But also, I encourage you to double dip. I'll be sharing Friday night, as Pastor Stovall Weems said, we, we had the honor and privilege of sharing a message with you. Um, and and what God has done uh, is given me 12 points, and uh, each service gets four. So if you want the next four, you got to come to the next service. <laughs> but it's gonna be good. Go ahead, grab your word. Let's let's get to it. You can take your seats. It's gonna feel like I'm reading the whole Bible to you, but I'm not. And it'll make sense here in a moment. But I'm honored to be with you. Uh, today, this is riot takeover. Uh, I said, this is riot takeover. There has never been a quiet riot. This is riot takeover. Uh, uh, a riot is always loud. It's always rowdy. While we was over there in worship, uh, I could see chains breaking off of our young people. Amen. I could just see just chains being destroyed and burdens being lifted, and I believe that God desires to do the same thing for all of us today. First Samuel chapter 14, verse 1. I, I want to share with you uh, in this service uh, from the subtopic, I declare war. I declare war. How many of you are declaring war on some things in your life? You got your... Got your mind made up. The enemy's not going to take anything else from me. The enemy's not going to steal anything else from me. The enemy's not going to sift anything else from me. I declare war. How many of you declare war in here? Just got your mind. I mean, you got your pit bull mentality on. You you got your tenacity on 1000. You you got your mind set. I declare War. I'm not waiting for war to come to me. I'm taking war to the enemy. First Samuel chapter 14, verse 1. I'll be reading from the NLT version. They're going to throw it up on the screen here. It says, one day Jonathan said to his armor bearer, come on, let's go over to where the Philistines have their outposts. But Jonathan did not tell his father what he was doing. Meanwhile, Saul and 600 men were camped on the outskirts of Gibeah around a pomegranate tree, or around the rock of Rimon at Migron. Among Saul's men was Ahijah, the priest, who was wearing an ephod, the priestly vest. Ahijah was the son of Ichabod, brother of Atab, son of Phinehas, son of Eli, the priest of the Lord who had served at Shiloh. No one realized that Jonathan had left the Israelite camp. To reach the Philistine outpost, Jonathan had to go down between two rocky cliffs that were called Bazaz and Sinan. The cliff on the north was in front of micmash and the one on the south was in front of Geba. Let's go across to the outposts of those pagans, Jonathan said to his armor bearer. Perhaps the Lord will help us, for nothing can hinder the Lord. Can I get a good amen on that? He can win a battle, whether he has many warriors or only a few. How many of you believe that? Do what you think is best, the armor replied. I'm with you completely, whatever you decide. All right, then Jonathan told him, we will cross over and let them see us. If they say to us, stay where you are, or we'll kill you, then we'll stop and not go up to them. But if they say, come on, up and fight, then we'll go up. That will be the Lord's sign that he will help us defeat them. When the Philistines saw this, They shouted, look, the Hebrews are crawling out of their holes. Then the men from the outpost shouted to Jonathan, come on up here and we'll teach you a lesson. Come on, climb right behind me, Jonathan said to the armor bearer, for the Lord will help us defeat them. So they climbed up using both hands and feet and the Philistines fell before Jonathan and his armor bearer killed those who came behind them. They killed some 20 men in all and their bodies were scattered about half an acre. About half an acre. Somebody shout, I declare war. So, some things that we need to take notice of in this passage of scripture. The first one is Saul is sitting under a pomegranate tree. Now, this word pomegranate in the Hebrew means ramen, which means uh, to exalt. Uh, uh, another uh, that definition for this pomegranate tree uh, can also mean luxury. And, and so what we see here, we see a generation that has gotten comfortable because they've seen great things in war before, but, but they've kind of stepped back because they don't understand how they're going to get the victory. We also see another generation that does not know how they're going to get the victory, but they have their mind made up that if God before us... Come on, y'all know the scripture, who can be against us? See, you can tell a whole lot about the person on your row based upon their praise. If they're sitting on the pomegranate tree, they're not expecting God to do much. But if they got their war shoes on and they're ready to charge the front lines, then you know regardless of what's in front of them, they're ready to see victory. Who am I talking to in here today? Are you Saul or are you Jonathan? All the Jonathans make some noise in this place. Saul was relaxing under a pomegranate tree. He was living the luxury life. He he had gotten comfortable because he had experienced some great things. I I just got made up in my mind. No matter what I've experienced, I'm always going to be hungry to see more of God. I'm always gonna be hungry to see and hear more of what God desires for his people. See, see, the one thing that I love about God, God always seeds desire on the inside of you, but you have to discover it. God always sees desire on the inside of you, but you have to discover it. I, I always pray to God, God, allow me to never lose my hunger. See, See, the lion on top of the mountain isn't nearly as hungry as the lion climbing the mountain. I pray I never get to that mountaintop and lose my hunger. Saul is sitting here on this mountain under a pomegranate tree, and the reason that I believe that he's sitting under this pomegranate tree, which means to exalt, is because he's the first king of Israel. And he's waiting to to, to be acknowledged about how great he is and about how, how great of a warrior he is and about all the good things that he's done and about how he's brought change to to this nation and, and all the great things that he's going to do. And he's sitting back and he's waiting for someone to acknowledge his greatness while his son is saying, listen, I'm not waiting for no one to acknowledge my greatness. I'm going after the one who is great because he's greatly to be praised. Is there anybody that got your mind made up in here today? I'm not waiting for someone to exalt me. I came to exalt him and his name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. And so Jonathan has a couple of keys that always gives us the victory when we apply them in this warfare. The first one is search for God. Search for God. But whenever you are in the midst of war, the first thing you should always do is search for God. Jonathan said in 1 Samuel chapter 1 through 4, it says, One day Jonathan said, Let us go look for the Lord. Jonathan said, Let us go look for the Lord. How many of you came looking for the Lord today? How many of you came looking? for Jesus to show up in in a situation, in a circumstance in your life like he's never done before. You know why the angels in heaven are crying out, holy, holy, holy? It's because every time they see Jesus, he shows them another side of himself. Every time they see Jesus, he shows them another angle. Every time they think, oh, this is the best I've ever seen, he outdoes himself because that's what Jesus does. Is there anyone that is seeking for Jesus? Is there anyone that came pursuing the Lord? And is there anyone that expects him to show off and and show himself in a way that he's never done before? See, he loves to be sought after. There's a passage in Scripture. It says, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you shall what? Find. Knock, and the door shall what? Those are the three levels of passion. Three levels of passion. Ask, seek, knock. Are you stopping at ask? Are you stopping at seek? See, see, he, he's waiting for you, but, but he can't initiate what he desires to do for you until you ask. He, he can't take you to the next level until you seek. He, he's standing behind the door, waiting on you to knock, and he won't open it until you. Is there anybody that came today ready to knock on the door that God is standing behind? And you say, God, I won't leave until you show up. God, I won't move until you open the door. God, I won't budge until I see you like I've never seen you before. Come on, make some noise in this place. This is riot takeover. He loves to be sought out. See, what you seek after, you give worship to. Don't seek after anything that can't change you. Jonathan is seeking after the Lord. See, see, God is a lot like us men. You you, you start praising a man. That man hurt himself trying to live up to what you've been praising and saying all this time. See, see, you, you start praising God. God, God begins to swell up. He, he begins to flex his muscles. He, he begins to show off and do things that, that he normally wouldn't do if you had kept your mouth closed. See, that's what David meant when he said, oh, magnify the Lord with me, let us exalt his name What what is he saying? We can't make God bigger in the heavens. We can't make God bigger in the earth. But the one place that we can make God bigger is in us. And when we magnify the Lord, he begins to swell up on the inside of us. He begins to flex his muscles on us. He begins to move stuff out of the way. He begins to change things. Come on, magnify the Lord with me. Come on, howl at your boy if you hear me. Somebody shout, I declare war. war. He loves to be sought after. See, you can tell what you're passionate about by what you pursue. You can tell what you're passionate about by what you pursue. You can't say... I love Jesus and not pursue him. You can't say I love Jesus and not love his church. You can't say I love Jesus but not get mobile to pursue his people. Because wherever there's passion pursuit should always follow. Are you seeking after God the quality of your search reveals the depth of your passion. The quality of your search reveals the depth of your passion. Did, did you came? Did you come looking for God to do something in your life today and stop there or did you come willing to give God what he's given you? See when you woke up this morning he put breath in your lungs. Did you come with the mentality I'm going to give God his breath back today? See, when you woke up this morning, he came and he gave you your right mind. Did, did, you, did you come willing to give God your mind back today? Because the reality is if it had not been for him, you would have lost your mind a long time ago. You, 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 you're sitting here... And you, you're thinking to yourself, oh, if I do this, people go think I'm crazy. If I do this, they go talk about me. If I if I lift my hands, they go look at me where who cares what they think about you? Listen, the world called you crazy a long time ago. You might as well go ahead and live up to the name they've been calling you for a long time. Why don't you give God a crazy praise in this place right now? You won't concern what people thought about you when you was on the verge of losing everything and you cried out to God, God, if you'll just save me. God, if you'll just save my family. God, if you'll just help me on my job. Now that God has done all those things, you're concerned? (laughs) Seek after God. Number two. Select your friends wisely. Jonathan, he's with his boy, he, he's with his road dog, he, he's with his partner. And he says, Listen, that there's, there's a chance that we could get killed doing this. The thing I love about his armor bearer is, armor bearer says, I'm with you completely. You gotta find you somebody that's gonna roll with you completely. You gotta find you somebody that's with you on your mountaintop, and that's willing to crawl with you until you get there. Bump the person beside you, tell them, select your friends wisely. Jonathan is sitting here with his armor bearer saying, listen, we're, we're going to go to a place that there are going to be some, 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 some enemies, there are going to be some adversaries, but I believe that God is for us. His friend says, I'm with you complete. So you got to find you somebody that will shout with you when you don't see how you're going to get the victory. See the person sitting beside you, are they your shouting buddy? If they weren't when you came in here. If they weren't when you came in here, they're about to be. You might as well go ahead and introduce yourself now. And tell them, I I don't know you that well, but we're about to get very acquainted. This is why in the Bible it says where there are two or three gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. Is there anybody in here grateful that Jesus is with you in the middle of your problem? Why don't you go ahead, grab the person's hand beside you and give Jesus a 30 second praise break. Come on, before you see anything, before you feel anything, before your situation changes, I'm gonna give God a crazy praise in this place. Select your friends wisely. This is why. Your connections determine your collections. Who I'm connected to determines what I collect. And a lot of us are collecting baggage because we're connected to the wrong people. A lot of us are are collecting defeat because we're connected to the wrong person. See, my connections determine my collections. I'm determined that whoever I'm connected to will always see victory because I'm always pursuing Jesus. That's why I'll fight for Pastor Stovall wins. I'll stab somebody with a plastic fork for that man. Listen, there's still a lot of thug in me. God ain't cleaned out. Don't come to me talking no stuff. I cut you. But you need you a, a good friend like Peter. That ain't all the way right. I believe in Jesus, but I believe in this blade too. You need your armor bearer that that will follow you, that, that will push you, that will seek God on your behalf when you are doing what it is God called you to do. See, there's nobody that can do what you were created to do and you need people around you that will pull out of you what God created you to do, when you don't feel like doing what God created you to do. see, there comes a point in time in your life where you're not going to always feel like coming to church, where you're not going to always feel like praising, where you're not going to always feel like worshiping, but you got to move beyond your feelings. That's why David said, I will bless the Lord at all times, and his praise shall continually be. Does anybody have a praise in your mouth today? Does anybody have a hallelujah in your mouth today? Does anybody have an amen? Thank you, Jesus, glory be to God in your mouth today. See, something supernatural happens when you apply this scripture. When I think of the goodness of Jesus... And all that he's done for me, my soul, what what, what happens? You begin to count. See, when people are in here and you just hear them burst out in an amen, and people are in here, you just see them shoot up and shout, glory be to God. What they're doing, they're counting. You say, well, what are they counting? They're counting how many times God has bought them out of something that they knew they shouldn't have got out of in the first place. They're counting how many times God has made them victorious when they knew they should have lost in the first place. Why don't you take a second to count how many victories God has given you? Somebody shout, count it! Like, whoa, that was strange. They just jumped up, hallelujah. Oh my God, that is peculiar. They just said glory be to God for no reason. What they're doing, they're counting. See, the word says count it all joy. Count it all joy when you are faced up against some trials and and some tribulations and some warfare. I count it all joy because I know he's already given me the victory. He's given me the victory, but he has not given it to me alone. He's given us victory because we're in this together. He, he, he has not given me the victory for me to enjoy the victory by myself. He's given me the victory so that we can enjoy it together. See, the taste of victory will outlast the memories of the feed. And when you start thinking about how victorious you've been made through Christ Jesus, how can you be quiet? When you start thinking about that warfare that you know you should have lost in, but somehow, some way, he showed up just in the nick of time. How can you remain with your mouth closed? How, how can you sit there with your hands beside you when you know if it had not been for the Lord on your side, where in the world would you be? Is there anybody that says, I'm willing to give God some praise because I would have been gone a long time ago had it not been for him? Somebody shout, I declare war. Not everyone you lose on the flip side is a loss. There's some people you've been carrying that you don't have to carry no more. One of the things that I've learned in this journey is when God wants to bless you, he sends people. When the enemy wants to curse you, he sends people. Everybody that leaves is not a loss. Stop crying over people that left you. Let them go. God has a community waiting to surround you until you walk into the things that He desires for you to walk into. Can I get a good amen on that? Select your friends wisely. Number three, to step toward your destiny, you have to step away from your security. To step towards your destiny, you have to step away from your security. See, you you can't be comfortable in war. You can't be silent in war. You can't stay where you are and expect things to change. You have to move beyond your present and step into your next. See, today we're not praising God for where we are. We're praising God for where we're going. You're not praising God because of something. You're praising God in spite of. Now let me let me help you out with this. Break break that down because of, it's because of all the good things that he's done. We're grateful for that. But it doesn't take faith for me to believe what I already see. So what's the opposite of faith? People believe the opposite of faith is doubt. That's not the opposite of faith. The opposite of faith is what you see. It does not take faith to believe in what you see. What do you do when you can't see victory? What do you do when you can't see how you're going to overcome the obstacle that's in front of you? What do you do when it seems like all hell is breaking loose against you on every side? Well, I tell you what you should do. When it's uncomfortable, you should praise him. When you're under pressure, you should worship. And when when, when it seems like you're being pressed in on every side, you should praise and you should lift up your hands when you don't feel like it. You should open up your mouth when when, when it seems like you're in the middle of your pain. You, You should have made up in your mind, I'm not leaving my struggle without my strength. Jonathan is sitting here telling his alma bearer, listen, we're going to pursue the enemy, but we're going to seek God first. We're going to pursue the enemy, but we're going to believe that God has victory already for us. We're going to pursue the enemy, but this is what I believe. I believe that when we hear the sign, when we see them, that God is going to give us the instructions on how to overcome. See, this is what I believe. When you take the step of faith, God then initiates victory on your behalf. And he says, listen, this is how you're going to overcome. You're going to overcome by your praise you're going to overcome by your worship you're going to overcome by your faithfulness is there anybody here that says I'm willing to apply all of those and use them as my weapon and my weapon won't fail To step toward your destiny. You have to step away from your security. Saul is sitting under this pomegranate tree because it's comfortable. He's sitting under this pomegranate tree because it's luxurious. Saul is sitting under this pomegranate tree because he's already been through some things that he does not yet know God has the power to bring him out of. See, you know what the difference between Saul and Jonathan was? Saul was seeking God for position, Jonathan was seeking God for his presence. Are you here seeking God for position rather than seeking him for his presence? Are you here seeking God for promotion rather than seeking him for his person? So he says, they that worship me in spirit and in truth. That's a powerful scripture because you know your own truth. And he's saying, listen, I want that. Bring that to me. I know how how sinful you are. I I know the last time you made a mistake. I I know the last time you tripped up and failed. I want you to bring that to me, but I still want you to worship me in your truth because I'm the only one that can change your truth into what it is that I want you to be. So you think I'm not good enough to worship this God. I'm not good enough to lift my hands. I'm not clean enough to, to, to acknowledge that he is my savior. But the reality is he's more than that. He, he, he's so much more than what you think he is. He says I am which means everything you need him to be that's what he is. So if you need him to be a healer that's what he is. If you need him to be a deliverer that's what he is. If you need him to be a way maker that's what he is. He's everything you need him to be and so much more because he is the great I am in order for me to step towards my destiny I have to step away from my security see praise is never meant to be comfortable Worship is never meant to be comfortable. It's always meant to be a sacrifice. That's why the word of God says, give a sacrifice of praise, which means you have to give something that costs you something. God wants to to receive a praise from you that costs you your identity. He, He wants you to hang up who you made yourself. He he wants you to push aside this identity you created for yourself. He he, he wants you to to lay to the back burner the Instagram version of you for a second so that you can put on the version of you that he created you to be. See, if you don't do what you're created to do, he said, I'll make a rock cry out in your place. I I can't live my life doing what I want to do. I have to live my life doing what he created me to do. See, we're not judged by what we do. We're judged by what he told us to do. When we don't do it, there's things that take place in our lives beyond our control. I just have made up in my mind that I'm not going to do anything God does not want me to do. I'm going to do what he created me to do, and that's to praise him. And that's how I get the victory. That's how I win every single battle. Even when it seems like I'm losing, I'm winning. Even when it seems like I'm being defeated, I'm victorious. Even when it seems like I'm taking three steps back, God is pushing me four steps forward because every time I put my trust in him, he gives me the victory. I have to step away from my security in order to walk into my destiny. Guess what? Your destiny is moving towards you at the speed of your obedience. Your destiny is moving towards you at the speed of your obedience. You wonder how come you're not walking into the areas that that, that God has shown you that you're supposed to walk into. Why don't you go down the checklist and see if you've been obedient in all the areas that he desires for you to be obedient in. Have you been serving on the dream team when he spoke to you last year to serve on the dream team? See, I'm at your, I'm at your front door right now. I'm ringing your doorbell. Ding-dong. In order for you to walk into your destiny, you have to step away from your security. Number four. Don't wait for opportunity. Create it. See, you need to be ready so you don't have to get ready. If you're going to understand the tactics and the benefits of victory in war, you have to be ready so you don't have to get ready. You you don't see soldiers on the front line putting on their gear. You you don't see soldiers on the front line loading up their weapon. You don't see soldiers on the front line putting on their helmet. You see them ready so they don't have to get ready. See, you're in the thick of it right now, and it's your turn to be ready so you don't have to get ready. I'm not waiting for an opportunity. I came to create it. See, some of you are waiting on the opportunity to thank God. No, you got to create an opportunity opportunity to thank God. Some of you are waiting on the opportunity to hear your song. No, you got to create your song. Some of you are waiting for the person beside you to stand so you can stand. No, you got to create your moment. I came not to wait on opportunity. I came to create it. See, when I create it, God shows up every single time. You need the face of a lion to have the future of a lion. See, see, you, you can't come to the front line and think that something's just going to be given to you. You got to be willing to take it. You need the face of a lion to have the future of a lion. You can't have no small cat mentality in a big cat world. You can't come in here with no Meow. when it says the enemy is roaming yeah. like a lion and, and here you are in the corner yeah. now you gotta have the face of a lion you gotta be ready I know you may be going through right now I know you may be pressed I know you may be tried I know, I know it seems like you're in the thickest battle of your life but you got to have the face of a lion to have the future of a lion don't wait for opportunity you got to create it Jonathan is sitting here saying I'm not waiting for the enemy to come to us I'm willing to take the fight to the enemy because I believe that God is going to give us the victory So I know you're going through right now but the only way out is through how many ever been to Ikea before? I believe Ikea is like Legoland for adults. My wife loves Ikea. We was in Ikea about a month and a half ago. And it's like the biggest store known to man. And once you get in there, the only way out is to go through. In this particular time we just went in there for the meatballs if you know anything about IKEA you know they have the most delicious meatballs with meatball sauce we're in there eating maybe Max is eating meatballs I said you ready she said yep I'm ready we got our stuff we got ready to go we walked downstairs to the same door that we walked in and we couldn't get out Finally, we found this lady that worked there. We said, Can you let us out? She said, You know, we're not supposed to do this. It's against our policy, but you all look like cool people. So here, she swipes her car, the door is open. We're like, oh, Thank God. We walk into another part of IKEA. I was like, What in the world? <laughs> you did us no favors. <laughs> And on the ground, they have these little arrows that lead you on this journey through the whole store. The only way to get out is to go through. Jonathan understood the only way out is to go through. Some of you... You're looking for ways out without going through. And God is saying, listen, in order for you to get out, you got to go through. I've already made you victorious. I've already given you the victory. I've already called you triumphant. I've already called you an overcomer. But listen, in order for you to understand what you have, you have to go through. See, anything that is given to us that we did not work for, we think that we've given it to ourselves. And so you're going to be under some pressure. You're going to be against an adversary. You're going to be against an enemy. But it's the enemy that exposes the champion in you. See, the enemy gives God an opportunity to fulfill his promise over your life. Don't try to get out just continue to go through. This is God's promise to you. He says you'll go through the valley of darkness, but you won't stay there. Don't try to make a habitation where God called you to go through. You're not meant to stay where you are. You're meant to go through. And so as you are going through this season of your life, understand that God has already made you victorious. But in order for you to experience the victory that he's placed on the inside of you, you gotta go through. The Great thing is, he says, I'll never leave you. Nor will I forsake you. I'll be with you until the very end of all time. It would have been easy for him to put Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fire and then pull them right out as it got hot. He said, no, I I want you to stay in there, but the good news is I'm in there with you. And all throughout the Bible, we we see instances of of great men and women under unsurmountable pressure. And God didn't pull them out. He kept them there. But he's with them in the middle of it. Whatever you're up against today, whatever season of life you're in, continue to go through. Let's stand to our feet. You have to declare war on the enemy. I was praying two nights ago and the Holy Spirit just dropped this on my heart and he said you should praise me in a way where hell knows your name. That should be your mentality. I want hell to know my name. I want every time I lift my hands, they say, oh, there goes Similek again. Lord, have mercy. Oh, here we go again. So you, you should praise him in a way where the devil gets afraid when he sees your faithfulness, when he sees your tenacity, when he sees, oh, they're not giving up. And God hasn't brought you this far to leave you he hasn't bought you this far for you to tap out now he hasn't bought you this far for you to give up he's with you so what I just want us to do I just want us to lift our hands and let's take about 30 seconds to thank him that he's made us victorious come on open up your mouth thank him today Lord we declare war on the enemy we take the battle to his camp. And Father, we declare and decree that he won't have any one of us in this room. He won't touch the generation coming behind us. He can't have us, God. We're not going to rely on what we've done. We won't be the Saul's, but we will continue to be the Jonathan's. We'll continue to charge the mountain. we'll continue to charge what you have for us. We'll continue to pursue the enemy at all costs because you've given us victory. And we won't settle. We won't get comfortable. We won't get complacent. But we'll continue to give you praise. In the name of Jesus. If you believe that, why don't you shout to God right now? Come on, we can do better than that. Come on, shake the walls of this place. Shake the walls of this place. your neighbor
1: get nervous. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. For more information about Celebration Church or to get in touch with us, please visit celebration.org.